0: I I recognize a lot of our guests possibly are not used to the area of worship and praise, but understand the theology behind it. When we worship and praise God, guess what He does? He's enthroned in our praise, Psalm 22. He inhabits the praises of His people. So we're only going to get more undignified than this. Amen. Amen with most of you. Uh, I'm going to dive into the Word, but before I do that, I have one of my famous jokes. I think they're always famous and doesn't always get a... Saturday night was a tough crowd. I was like, it's a little funnier than that, ain't it? What do you call Batman when he leaves church early? Christian Bell. Pretty good one, huh? I hope you get that before lunch. This one's not a joke. Uh, Debbie and Don are good friends here. Well, Debbie's actually in Honduras right now going through language class. But uh, Debbie and Don, Lynn will be moving to Honduras around October to plant uh, out of here our second uh, church. First Church, Joe and Kirsten and their team is uh, in Arizona, and they're gonna be our first international church plant to Honduras, and because of that, you're gonna hear a lot about that as we get closer to that, but uh, on this end, we have to be strategic, and, and Don has pretty big feet in order to fill those shoes, and I wanna let you know so it's no surprise of what's going on. You know what's going on when you see their faces, First of all, we're hiring two people. One person's already hired. Uh, Amber Van Ling, would you please stand up? This is Amber Van Ling. She is a scary administrator, but in a good way. She's an amazing administrator. And so, uh, not scary and but scary like wow, she can admit. She may be little in stature. But she is huge in spirit, and so she's already on board, been with us since January. April 1st, someone that's been with us, working with us, it almost is like he's already on staff, he's volunteered so many hours, groups and outreaches and on and on and on is our very own Bobby Carmody. If you will stand up, Bobby will be coming on April 1st, so you should see... A lot more of them keep Don and Debbie in prayer. Seems like Debbie seems to be doing good in Honduras. Poor Don's not doing good, but Debbie is. No, I'm teasing. Pray for, for, pray for Don. We're going to dive into God's Word. Pray with me right now. I'm going to read a verse. Then we're going to stand and we're going to read a verse together. Hope you got your Bibles because it's not going to be on the Sky Bible. But pray with me. I'm talking about new in a series called New. And today is New Man. Will you say that with me, New Man? Father, we just thank you for your presence here. Two or more are gathered. We know that you're here. But we also know that in the midst of our worship, you come in a manifested way. Thank you that you're moving. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you move up and down the aisles, but more so move upon the hearts of your people. Touch our hearts. Touch our minds. Have your way in this place. This morning, this afternoon, whatever time it is, whatever time it will be. Father, that you would just, your will be done now. Holy Spirit, we ask for your great anointing and your touch upon this word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I'm going to read first. And then we're going to uh, read, a, read a verse together. This one says, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new Person inside, new living Bible. He becomes brand will you say that with me, brand new. That's a wonderful thing. coming out of the lifestyle I came out of, and to come to know Jesus and forgiven, brand new. Wow, that was so encouraging to me. He becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Now I want you to with me turn to Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, and I'm doing this because I want you to read it out of your Bibles, I don't care what version it is, we're going to read together, and uh, kind of challenge you in this, is that, well, Jay, I don't have my Bible with me today, that's okay this time, but I encourage you to create a relationship with your Bible. How do you do that? Well, your Bible is a living word, it's a living, it's alive. God wants that word inside of you. It's able to speak to you. It's able to change you, transform you. And I just want to encourage you to, to bring your Bibles if you can. And we're going to read together right here, right now, on account of three. We're going to start with verse 22, read through 24. I'm going to interrupt a couple of times. Is that okay? Sure, I'm going to do it anyway. Here we go. One, two, three. That you put on. Off, Everyone stop. Say that with me. Put off. Put off. God wants you in the Scripture to put something off of you. It goes on to tell you what? Concerning, go with me, concerning your former conduct, the way that you used to do life, your styles, your pattern of lifestyle, the Scripture says in the very get-go, put off your former conduct and it goes on to say what your former conduct is read with me the old man tell somebody next to you get rid of your old man I ain't talking about your husband not talking about your daddy not talking about your granddaddy I'm talking about your old man get it off get rid of it here we go The old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. Lust is completely deceitful. Will suck you in and destroy your life in many general areas of of, of life. And it goes on to say, gives us some good news, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you, here we go, we're going to do something different now, put on. We put off and we put on. This side over here say, put off. off. This side say, put on. We're going to put off so that you can put on. What are we putting on? On the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We're going to talk about that today, putting off. Let me say something real quick. J.O., new man, I was born again 25 years ago, and you know, why are you talking about new man? You can be born again 25 years ago and still live like the old man. You can. It's a choice, a decision you make every day. Paul said, I die daily. Die daily to what? To the old man. Man, the old flesh, the old carnal ways, the old lifestyles. you got to make a choice every day to put off and to put on. Amen? Amen. High five your neighbors. sit down and say, what's new? When one be- believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, truly they are new. They have a new heart. They have a new spirit that equals a brand new you. Listen to Ezekiel 36, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 36, 26 this morning. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of Flesh. I think two major things takes place when a person is born again. Two major things that you, you got to fill me on this morning. Two things. One thing that happens immediately, and one is another, a part of it is another part of a process. If you look at Titus 3 5, it's going to be behind me. It says this Not by works of righteousness which you have done. Let me, let me interrupt. I interrupt a lot. Not by works of righteousness which you have done. It's not by our righteousness. It's Not by your cuteness, it's not by your workness, it's not by your religiousness, it's by Jesus. That's right. It's nothing, nothing that you can do that can create a relationship with God. Not, 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 nothing you can do that you can be righteous in the sight of God. It's what Jesus has done. Now, once a person comes to know Jesus and they are born again, they have a new heart, new spirit, there is things that you should do we're going to talk about today, but right now it's not of your righteousness. But according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing, look at two things here, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Say this with me, regeneration. regeneration. What does that word mean? It means rebirth. I think a regeneration happens, as a family just had a baby this week in the... You know, just, just, just the other night, and usually we have babies, happen, happen all the time. When you have a baby, it's an instant thing, or kind of instant thing. You'd be like, J.O., you don't know, I'll labored in 17 hours. you talk about instant? What are you talking about, man? Forgive me. But what I'm saying is that it's typically not over days or years, hallelujah. It's over a short period of time. That regeneration is a new birth that happens, bam. But then it goes on to say... Uh, in that same scripture, if you look at it, it says washing of regeneration. And then it says of renewing. Say that with me, renewing. Renewing is, that word means renovation. If you look at this building right now, how many of you know that the renovation of this building didn't take place overnight? Look, look around, just in this room, from painting the ceiling or painting the roof or carpet or you name it, on and on and on. This renovation took a long time. That's what renewing means. It means renovation. It takes time to do it. How much time is renewing going to take in your life? Say this with me. A lifetime. A regeneration happens in a moment of time. A Uh, uh, That's regeneration, the rebirth, but I want to tell you the the renewing is something that is of a process because the process of taking off the old and putting on the new is not like that. It is an ongoing process of taking off the old and putting on the new. Now, you can't say that about your clothes. You're like, hey, I got out of bed this morning, took off my johns, put on my new clothes, and it happened like that. It doesn't happen that To take off your old ways and your old lifestyles and your old way of thinking and the old way that you've done things, the old way that you treated people, the old, 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 to put on the new, 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 new is a process. It takes time. That renovation happens over your lifetime. It's an everyday decision that you and I have to make. I've been born again for Almost 30 years, and I want to let you know at 50 years old, I still have to do it every day. I wake up, get my coffee, French press, start screwing my head on correctly, start thinking right. If I start thinking wrong, it can impact my entire day. I have to bring thoughts into captivity. I have to make a choice every day, every day, every day to put on the new man. The old man wants to take control. That old carnal flesh wants to rot. That old carnal flesh wants to control me. And I go, no, you ain't. I'm putting on the new man today. New way of thinking, new way I'm going to treat people. Serve in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will empower you to do that. But I want to let you know that's a lifetime decision. Our new life in Christ begins with a rebirth. And I want to let you know don't settle for just the rebirth, that's only the beginning. We baptize 29 people Sunday, then after church, one more 30, and then Monday. One more, 31. I told the one that got baptized, 31. I was like, man, you probably had a lot of hair gel you went through right down there in that water. You should have saw that water right there. You know what I'm saying? But my point is that they, they came up in the newness of Jesus Christ. They came up out of the tomb. Resurrection life. You can stop right there, but that's not what God has for you. God wants to do a work in and fix every day. High five your neighbor and say, new man every day every day his mercies are new every morning he has something new for you he wants to change you but a lot of times we get stuck saying i'm born again i got my ticket my name's written in the book of life i'm going to heaven hallelujah and that's wonderful things but that's only the beginning of what god has for you and i We have a goal. He has a goal in mind—a picture that he wants you to look like at the end, and it's to become like Jesus. That's your goal for the rest of your life. To become every day, taking off the old, putting on the new. I want to become more like Jesus. To come to the altar and receive the grace of God, being born again, is—it's—it's kind of easy. It's free absolute free gift but from then on i want to let you know when a heart's change when your mind's change there is work involved on your behalf listen to the scripture in one polish city there was a street named beautiful you say that word with me beautiful it probably was the ugliest street in town unpaved it was filled with ruts potholes and to drive faster than 5 miles an hour would have been unthinkable. Now that's a jacked up road. You can only drive you can't drive 5 I mean that's a messed up road. Obviously the street didn't turn out the way that the planners had hoped. How is your new life in Jesus Christ turning Your life full of potholes, runes. How are you looking? God has that end planned in mind for us to become like Christ. How are you looking? Because let me tell you right now, if you buy a banner, Christian, beautiful, Jesus follower, I want you to know that the world is watching you. I'm not talking about your haircut. I'm not talking about tattoos or no tattoos. I'm not talking about your clothes. I'm not talking about your car house. I'm talking about the greatest example that we can be to this world is a changed life on the inside. What are you talking about? What's the greatest example, J.O.? I'm talking about your behavior. Say that with me, behavior. Oh, Jay, I don't like you going there right there, man. I'm telling you it's the greatest example. If something's going on on the inside of you, your heart and mind, by the power of the Holy Spirit through a rebirth in Jesus Christ, eventually it seeps out for the world to see. In our behavior, in our attitudes. Ever, anybody ever heard of Beatitudes before? Mm-hmm. How many of you ever read that Beatitudes, Matthew 5? What you be like with your attitude. <laughs> yeah. Beatitudes. Jesus is about our attitudes. He wants to know what you'd be like with your attitude. Because when God does something inside of us, he wants the world to be able to see that. We're the, the light and the salt of the world. How do we treat our wife? How do we treat our husband? How do we treat our children? What is our ethic like? Come on, somebody. What's your street look like? Does your banner that you fly line up with the infrastructure inside of you? That's the greatest example that we can be to the world. How we're we going to treat our friends, how we're we going to treat our enemies, how we're we going to treat our boss, how we're we going to treat those people that work with us. Does it match? Because we can bring great confusion to the world. When they see you, do they see Christian or do they say, well, I'm kind of confused right now? They say Christian, but they're more jacked up than I am. How can that be? I I I don't question that you're going to heaven. But I question are you allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you, renew you from the inside out on a daily basis? That's one of the greatest reasons why we have to be in God's word every day. Every I, J-O-U-N God's Word every day? Yeah. Do I always feel like it? No. You know what I do? I got to get rid of that old man and put on the new because I know I need to feed my spirit. I know I need to be renewed in the spirit of my mind if I'm going to live as an overcomer. I'm not just going to say it. Greater is he that is in me than the world. No, I want to live it. I want to live it. I want to live it. And it has a lot to do with the way that we think. Anybody ever heard of the, the, um, the story, Frog in the Kettle? If you've heard the story, Frog in Kettle, Kettle, raise your hand. Our culture and society impacts our spiritual walk, no matter if you like it or not. The frog in the kettle goes like this. Got a big kettle, setting on an open fire, the frog jumps in it, right? Swimming around, it's just lukewarm water, but then all of a sudden turn the eye up the kettle gets warmer and warmer and the frog thinks he's in the jacuzzi and he's just kicking it swimming and swimming he can jump out anytime it gets a little hotter and he just stays in it swimming and swimming and swimming all of a sudden the water now is boiling and there's no more croaking matter of fact he is croaked flips over on his back white belly up frog is dead he could have jumped out anytime But he chose to die in the kettle. How is the society and culture impacting your walk with Jesus? Don't be a frog in the kettle. Jump out and be who God's called you to be. Have any of you ever heard this at times in your life and see how this can impact you? Nothing down. No minimum purchase required. You can't be turned down. No payments until next year. You don't have to do nothing right now. Interest-free. Anybody ever heard of anything like that before? All you got to do is turn on your TV for about 10 minutes. But do we approach Jesus on the same terms? Has that mindset got in us like, hey, I come to know Jesus Christ and I don't got to do anything. That's just not true. That's just not Bible church salvation is free we see that in Ephesians 2 8 and we see it throughout other scriptures for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves it's a free gift but I want to let you know listen to me real real good that after one comes to know Jesus Christ and they're new in their heart they're new in their mind they're a new creation God has great expectation for you and I to change didn't get a lot of amens on that one, Pastor Don. I'll try it again. Let me try it again. Let me step it up a little bit. There's not just great expectations. I believe that God demands. I know you don't like that. But I believe when you read the Scriptures, New Testament Christians, I think that God demands us to change. Once again... We come to know Jesus. That's free. Praise God. going to heaven. But don't stop there. God wants you to be fully alive. He wants us to be fully converted and become more like Christ. J.O., are you there? Just ask my wife. No, I'm not. But I tell you what, I'm not what I was yesterday. I'm not what I was five years ago. I sure ain't what I was 25 years ago when my wife met me. Just ask her. But I'm not where I need to be yet, but I'm committed. Come on. I'm committed, God, Holy Spirit. I'm committed to your word, to the church, to the power of the Holy Spirit. Do a work inside of me. Here I am. Man, I want to be surrendered. I want to become more like Christ every day. You got to step up to the bat, too. It's not just about what Christ does. There is an obligation for me and you. The Holy Spirit, He is one to empower us and to change us. But I want to let you know, if you think that maybe because we're on staff, we're the only ones that God is expecting change and maybe expecting fruit in your life, I got news for you. If you're a believer, if you raise the banner, Christian, Jesus follower, there's not one of you that God does not expect amazing fruit out of your life. Did you know that? Well, let me read some cold red. My beautiful wife is going to read cold red. John chapter 15, 1 through 8. Listen to this.
1: I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Hmm. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Ouch
0: Just leave that one up there. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear just a little bit of fruit. No, no, no. no fruit. No. No. Man, the word challenges us, you church. The Father is glorified if we bear, everyone say much. No, no, no. He wants you loaded down with fruits. And he says, oh, if you, if you produce a little fruit, Clip, 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 clip. Gonna prune you? If you produce no fruit? Well, read for yourself. I don't want you mad at me. The grace of God is free. It's not really free, it costs him his absolute life. But it's a free gift to you and I. So why would we want to cheapen the grace of God and stay the way that we are? He sent this Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth, to empower us, to transform us from the inside out. And that is the greatest example, I think, that we can show this world. I want to share a few thoughts on what I think hinders us. Number one, I think what hinders us is, like I said earlier, a believer rebirth, which is beautiful, but staying there versus a disciple in the process of renewal okay? Rebirth, staying right there in the birthing situation. Hey, I I know Jesus Christ. I'm not committed to change versus a disciple who's committed to be renewed and the transformation process of our life. Jesus said this, go into all the world and make believers. Make who? Jesus had 12 believers. How many of you know that the devil is a believer? Yeah. <laughs> He's a believer. All of his demons, they believe. It's not just about believing. I think the devil is probably an amazing theologian. You know, whenever he was faced with Jesus one-on-one in a combat in 40 days of fasting and prayer, the devil came after, at Jesus with what? The Word of God. The word. He even took Jesus to church, didn't he? Craig, put him up on the pinnacle, right? You can be a devil all setting up in church, right? Or the devil can be in church. Devil, I'm not, you're, you're not a devil. Praise God. The devil can <laughs> devil can come to church. Devil can mess with you. Come on. Uses the Bible. Uses church. Listen. We better we better know the word of God. My point here is that it's not just enough to believe. It really isn't. Now, that gets you into heaven. Praise God. This generation is like, hey, believe and receive. Hallelujah. God has so much more. Absolutely, that's how you meet Jesus. I don't take anything from that. But God has never, ever called us just to be believers. He calls us to be disciples, wholehearted followers of Christ who are committed to the process of what he wants to do in each and every one of us. It's a wonderful thing. Discipleship is what challenged me to to this thing, man. I, I need a challenge in my life, and disciple is that. So I want to let you know, I think that's one process, that's one situation that hinders us, believer versus being a disciple. Another one is this, our just daily unwillingness. It's just like, hey, I'm just not unwilling to get in the process. I'm not unwilling to yield to the Holy Spirit. I think that that hinders us. I think another one is our brokenness. Sometimes our brokenness will hinder us, but we cannot use the victim card forever in our life. Man, mean, I was jacked up when I came to Jesus Christ, straight up, man. Panic attacks, anxiety, depression, you name it, jacked up. But I'm telling you, he comes to heal the brokenhearted. Why? He wants us to be disciples, right? And this, here's the next one, our commitment level. Maybe our commitment level's not there yet, and I'm challenging you to raise your commitment level. Don't be a hitchhiking Christian. Just do this with me. Hitchhiker. What's a hitchhiker do? Anybody ever hitchhike other than me? Raise your hand if you've ever hitchhiked. Gotta see all those other folks out there. Praise God. I got some hitchhikers here. Well, what does hitchhiking Christianity look like? Well, you just catch a free ride you just it's their it's their gas it's their maintenance plan brandon it's their tires if it breaks down praise god you got me this far see you later brother you about to wreck i'm jumping out of the windows there's no commitment in hitchhiking christianity come on god listen don't be a hitchhiker God wants you to be part of this beautiful thing called the church, fully engaged, fully committed to the process that he has for each and every one of us. I'm telling you, this is what God has for us, and it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. In hitchhiking Christianity, there's no real commitment. There's no buy-in. There's no sell-out. And there's no all-in. No commitment level. No buy-in, no sell-out, and no all-in. No sell-out, no buy-in, no all-in. These are absolutely works of the flesh, the old man. When I say the old man, I mean the work of the flesh, the old Jew, that the Bible makes very clearly that we've got to put off the old flesh. Amen? Amen. I believe one of the major root causes, other than the ones that I've mentioned, one of the major root causes that keeps us from being transformed in the process is that when you sign up to follow Jesus, this, is, this, this might stretch you a little bit, but you sign the dotted line to be in a war. Now I know you didn't probably hear that at the altar call. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to tell you everything that you're going to be faced with at an altar call. Uh, uh, an altar call, which is true. Hey, if you don't know Jesus Christ, today's your day, amen. That might be some of you here. You can have a brand new life, absolutely. All sins forgiven, absolutely. New creation in Jesus Christ, absolutely. All those things is new. But to tell you the entire gospel, everything that you're going to be faced with and go through, I tell you what, we would probably have very small altar calls. (laughs) For me to tell you, come receive jesus christ free gift salvation you're going to heaven absolutely but by the way you're going to sign the contract that you're going to be in a war for the rest of your life see we don't like to talk about that can i just talk about the things that we don't like to talk about sometime that the bible talks a whole lot about you tell your neighbor right now you're in a battle you're in a war there's all kinds of i love using songs when it comes to bringing a Cross the point. So I've got a song for those who are forty and below. Anybody ever heard of Trip Lee before? Heard of Trip Lee? Raise your raise your hand. Okay. I got a song for those who are fifty and above. How many fifty and above people in here? And I got a song that. Well, I don't know where it's going to really meet. <laughs> Trip Lee said all of it has to do with war. Every one of these songs. No, no matter if you like it or not. All these artists and these words have to do with war. This is Tripoli. This is war like you ain't seen. This winter's long. It's cold and mean. When life and death go to battle, ain't no telling what will happen. When life and death go to battle, ain't no telling what will happen. It's war tonight. It's death and life. Anybody ever heard that before? Uh, Three of you. Praise God. (laughs) Here's for those who are fifty and above. Maybe you've heard this one. This was, this was written in 1865. 100 years before I was born. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus. Going on before Christ, the royal master leads again the fold forward to battle. See his banners go onward, Christian. I don't know. All, I don't know if I got all the tune exactly right. Onward, Christian soldiers. Marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. How many have heard that song before? All has to do with war. And this one right here is for those who are 70 and above. If you'll hit this. Just teasing. (laughs) It if you can, I don't know what happens. you. to Did you get that? (laughs) Poetry in 2016. Why did you say that? Because this, you're in a war. There is a battle. Where is that battle? It's raging inside of you. It's a war between flesh and spirit. It's a war between good and evil. Stick your head in the sand. Act like it exists. The devil does not care. Your flesh and your spirit does not care. Even if you ignore it, I want to let you know that it is real. It's between your ears. The mind. The battle is the gra- the battleground is right here. It's to control. Why? I want to let you know everything that you think about has an impact upon your. Th- on every area of your life. Your thoughts will impact your destiny. Your thoughts will impact how you feel. Your thoughts will impact how you're gonna do life, if you're gonna serve God, how you're gonna serve God. Your thoughts are going to impact how you're gonna treat your wife, how you're gonna treat your husband, how you're gonna do family. Your thoughts has everything. And there is a war for your thoughts today. Whether you believe it or not, I wanna let you know, there is a constant conflict of good and evil between your ears to control you. Why? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. J.O., I didn't know when I signed up for Christianity I was going to have a war and constant conflict. Well, I'm telling you the truth today. It's on like Donkey Kong. And you need to be aware of it. That's why to be in the process is so important. How can so many Christians be born again, love Jesus, water baptized, fill the Holy Spirit, and still live defeated, not victorious, because they haven't engaged? You've got to think about what you're thinking about every day, every moment. I'm telling you. You, you just allow your thoughts to do whatever it wants to. Your thoughts will take you to the guttermost. But I want to let you know, Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, wants to take you to the uttermost. But you got to be willing to understand that you are in a war today, and God is there to help you to strengthen. Just listen to some of these scriptures this morning when it comes to flesh and the spirit. That's the war, flesh and spirit, Romans 8.8. 8. So then, those who are in the flesh, flesh cannot please God. Your old man, it's impossible for it to please God. Listen to this. Galatians 5, 16 through 17. I say then, Paul speaks a lot about this subject. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust. Look at that word, lust, that corrupt ongoing lust of the flesh. For the lust. For the flesh lust, that lust means longing, desiring. For the flesh lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. As you do not know these things that you wish. Romans eight thirteen. If you live according to the flesh, if you live according to your old man, the Bible says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the Spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. There is a War of flesh and spirit inside of each and every one of us, right here. The battle is clashing, the cl- battle is raging. It's not like it used to be. I don't want to not give you hope today, it's not like every minute of the day, but you got to be aware that you got to be careful with what you think on, what you ponder. You better be pondering whatever, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely. The Bible tells us how to think. Romans 8, 6, for to be carnal-minded is death, but to be spiritually-minded is life and peace. What's your battle today? Your battle may be depression. I want to let you know, if, you, if you're battling depression, you have believed a lie. If you're battling an addiction, I want to let you know, I guarantee you opened a door and you believed a lie. If you're battling uh, in in the area of fear, I'm going to tell you right now, you believed a lie. It could be insecurity. It It could be, you might battle your mouth. Your mouth might get you in so much trouble. This mouth right here, I want to let you know, that is a weapon of war to the good or to the bad. Have you ever heard someone, they look absolutely, totally normal until they start talking? You think they're totally normal. They start talking. They tell you about their, their life or their past. And then, you know, maybe they're talking about their ex-husband. They just start going postal. I just couldn't start raging. Or they just begin crying because I'm telling you, there's so much power in your mouth. Why is that so? Because you're made in the image of God Almighty. You're his son or daughter. You have his abilities. God is the creator, the maker of the universe. You're made in his image. Words come out of your mouth, into your ears, and down into your heart, man. Your words create every day you got to be able to wage war with your words. All of a sudden, my mind will be telling me one thing. You know what I begin doing? I start talking to myself out loud. Yeah. You look crazy. I don't care. <laughs> my mind's not going to tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, if it's telling me the wrong things, a, a, a huge tool of renewing your mind is your mouth. Do this with me right now. Say your ABCs, starting on number three. We're going to just say ABCs. You ready? One, two, three. A, B, C, D, E, F. Stop. What was you thinking about? You're probably thinking about the alphabets, or you probably wasn't thinking at all. See, that's the power of your mouth, of making changing in the warfare on your behalf and not working against you. Every place that you are not free, Every place that the Spirit of the Lord is not Lord, I want to let you know there is a lie to battle. There's a stronghold to pull down, and there's a mind that needs to be changed and renewed. Listen to this, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to be changed? Not like the world, not like the, the frog croaking in the kettle. You're going to be changed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is the good, acceptable will of God. A shark will grow according to its environment. Have a six foot tank, put a little shark in there, maybe it grows six inches. Take the same shark, put it in the Pacific Ocean, maybe it grows 16 feet. Don't be limited by your thinking. Don't be limited. Don't let this be a little tank right here. God, man, God, the God of the universe lives inside of you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on. You got to, I want to encourage you to believe those things. I got a lot of smart people on staff. You know why? Because I may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but I am sharp enough to get people that's smarter than me. Because I want them to be able to think. I want them to not think like a six-inch shark. I want them to be. I I, I pray that our church be like sixteen-foot sharks. That's not limited between your ears. Are you feeling me today? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You live defeated. I don't care how many church. 52 years, 52 weeks, and you can live defeated because of that right there. God wants to renew your mind. How many times people come up here, I fell back into meth, I fell back into heroin. you got to renew your mind according to the word of God. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh, here's the old man. If the old man's operating to you, I want you to tell you today, you've got to rip it off. Take it off. Here's the old man. Now, the works of the flesh, very evident. You don't have to wonder, well, is it, is it a new man or is it the old man? Here's the old man. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revel- revelries, and andal- that's a lot right there. That's a, that's a lot to handle right there, huh? Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past that those who practice such things will not look at this uh oh will not inherit the kingdom of God romans eight one here's this beautiful scripture that we read listen to me we read half of you ready you going to read can you read half, half can you read half of it with me here we go there is therefore no? Come on, read one. Oh, let's back up. Usually we stop at the comma. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Woo! No condemnation! Hallelujah! Praise God! Hallelujah! Why do I feel condemned and guilty? Well, you got to remember, read the rest of the Scripture. Who do not walk according to the If you're living with your old man, you ain't crucified him. And let me just say something. I can't pray certain things off of you. And you can't disciple certain things. And you, you, some things just have to be crucified. Like lust. Lust? You, can't, can't disciple, can't convert lust. You know what you do with lust? You kill it. You put it off. You die to it. Amen. That, hey, if that's you today, you got to die to it. You can come up here and pray for you every Sunday. But th- that has to be, you have to put it to death right. through the death of Jesus Christ and let the new man rise with inside of you. Vision 2 That you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to his deceitful lust. Listen to this. One of the, probably the, 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 the greatest stumbling block to the world when it comes to the church is that the church a believer confesses jesus with their mouth we wave our banner high we're the street of beautiful but we're full of ruts and chug holes and you can't drive five miles an hour our mouth doesn't line up with what should be going on in our heart we confess with our mouth but we deny jesus with our actions Probably a huge stumbling block to the world. I think that needs to change. we got to get in the process and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do inside of us, inside out. Uh, Gandhi said this. Great example, what I'm talking about. I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Can we change that, church? Our goal from now on is to be like Jesus Christ. I'm going to finish with this scripture here. Here's a beautiful scripture out of Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. Just going to read it. It's a beautiful description of old and new. There's a little bit of old and there's a little bit of new in it. And and I'm going to maybe interrupt a little bit talking about the old and new. It says this, Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. Therefore, put away lying. Everyone say, stop lying. "Stop lying. What do you think lying's part of? How many of you agree that it's the old man, Lion's old man. Come on, go with me, church. Some of y'all think that's new, you think Jesus God is not a liar. Come on, you can't lie. Come on. Stop lying. Tell your neighbor right now, stop lying. lying. Praise God. Tell yourself, stop lying. lying. Praise God. I'm not saying everybody's a lying. I'm, I'm just saying that's the old, that's the old you. I was a professional liar. I've lied so much, I believe my own lies. I lie out I'm liar, liar, pants on fire. I was the best liar in the world. And now, phew, Holy Ghost won't let me get away with nothing. Nothing. And that, that's okay. Have your way. I don't want to be the old J-O, the old O-J, the old crazy man. Let each one of you speak the truth in his neighbor, for we are members of one. Be angry, but look here. Do not sin, Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place of the devil. Now think about the old and the new. Here's another old. Let him, him, let him who stole steal no longer. Stealing. Man, you steal, you line up with the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Still no more. But what it, it tells you a little bit of what to do as a new man. But rather let him labor with hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who ha- has need, not just taking care of yourself, but taking care of those around you. That's pretty good. That's that's new man. That's new thinking. We didn't think like that. It was all about me, all about my me, about me or oh, me or oh, I. It was all about sight. Yep. Let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth, but what is good, necessary edification, that it may impart grace to ears. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you've been sealed for the day of redemption. Look here, here's another one. Sometimes you gotta let it go. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Here's some here's some new. And be kind as one another to one another, tender hearted, <laughs> forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Close with this story. The power of operating in the new, the new you. The power that you possess when you choose to operate in the new. Ernest Hemingway writes a story about a father and his teenage son. In the story, the relationship had become somewhat strained and the teenage son ran away from his home. His father began a journey in search of that rebellious son. Finally, in Madrid, Spain, in the last desperate attempt to find the boy, look what the father did. The father put an ad in the local newspaper. The ad read, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. Look what took place. The next day, in front of the newspaper office, 800 Pacos showed up. (laughs) Wanting love and forgiveness from their dad. I want to let you know there's some Pacos in here today. God's already sent the newspaper ad out. It's called the Bible. His love story to you. Of how listen to me real good how you are loved and you are forgiven you may not know it yet but you're loved and forgiven and the way that you receive that you receive that good news in your heart ask God to forgive you of your sins and you will become a new creation in Christ Jesus turning from our old ways the old man and turning to the new life in Jesus Christ. Would you stand?